Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Leesburg Daily, a sporadic podcast that happens from time to time. You know, our goal started off as Monday through Friday, and then because of some scheduling stuff and hardware issues with my computer, I it became a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and that is been where we've been doing pretty okay, uh, but dag on it. The past two weeks, we haven't been able to meet together. Uh, let me just kind of give you a, a rundown real quick. Uh, Labor Day week, it was a short week, and I was just behind the eight ball, and I didn't get to this. Um, and then last week, we were out of town. My wife and I, we went to what was uh, formerly called the North American Christian Convention, which is the uh, a yearly convention that happens in our uh, brotherhood of churches. Um it's now called the Spire Conference, but but uh, it was held in, in Nashville. So we were down there for that week. And in the midst of that, I ended up developing a, um, well, we don't know what's wrong with me or what was wrong with me. Um, but I got a, I believe it is a allergy, a sinus infection. Uh, and so I was just a mess. I couldn't speak. In fact, I'm, I very well could cough or sneeze or something. Uh, here today, I'll try to edit that out. Um, but yeah, so it's been a crazy season. But we're back, and we're back in in Second Timothy. And if you recall what happened a couple weeks ago, we finished chapter one, and we were we were looking at some people who had some examples of people who had stood up faithful, had been found faithful. Um, they they sacrificed self in order to serve Paul. These men, as Paul's writing to Timothy, he's kind of reminding them that, reminding him that these men are giants of the faith. In, in a way, Paul wouldn't use that word, but these are guys to be looked up to, to to model one's life after. You know, it's interesting. We we were at the conference this past week, and uh, we saw uh, and and heard from and talked to. Um, some fantastic ministers, some guys who are really doing the work of the Lord, guys who, you know, I'm not a starstruck guy, I don't get starstruck, but there were some of those guys that I was like, wow, Uh, it was just, it was a neat experience, it was a neat experience, you know, I tend to stay in the back of rooms like that, generally, Uh, my wife, on the other hand, she wants to go to the very front, and so the, the, the second day or night um the first night we stayed in the back of the room because i wasn't feeling gr- great and so we stayed away from most people but the second day i was feeling better second night i guess uh and and she said well let's go sit where i want to sit and that was the third row on the right hand side uh from the stage um and i said you want to sit in the front and she said well yeah that's where i usually sit which is true if you look at her uh, each sunday she's usually sitting on the the front row um, uh, cause that's just where she likes. And so we go and we're sitting in the third row because the first two rows were reserved. And as we're standing there, uh, uh, or sitting there, I suppose, uh, before the conference starts, I look up and, and I start to notice the people who are around us, guys who I look up to and admire guys like Gene Apple, who's a pastor out in California. 
He's sitting two seats away from my wife before I realize it. I, I look up and Craig Grishel walks into the room and walks over and sits stuff down right in front of us and turns around and looks at me and says, oh, hey, I'm Craig, and and offers his his hand. All these guys, and, and all of a sudden I start looking around and, you know, you've got, you've got Dave Stone. You've got Ken Eidelman. You've got all these giants. And I looked at Amanda and I said, Amanda, I'm, I feel so inadequate. You know, we've all felt that from time to time. This feeling of inadequacy can sometimes paralyze us. We look at these people who are doing such good stuff and we look at ourselves and say, man, what... What what am I doing here? I need to give somebody else the seat because I don't fit in here. I don't belong here. Well, it might be an encouragement to be reminded that each Christian is is meant to play an important role in in unfolding God's plan of redemption, and that's what Paul is going to begin to do here in chapter two. See those feelings of inadequacy. I'm sure uh, Timothy very well could have felt that as well. Chapters 2, 1 through 7 are often looked at as a poem uh, for ministers, a poem for professional ministers. Uh, And there's certainly a pattern to be seen here. Um, And certainly the Christian teacher is in view, the the preacher is in view. But it really applies to, to all of us, all people. Timothy and all ministers provide a model there's a model, and so it's not an excuse for a lack of participation in spreading the good news. This is a model for all people. And, and there might be some encouragement there because there is a spot for all people. Now, Paul looks to Timothy here, and he says in uh, verse 1, Therefore, that you, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let's begin with the work of, uh, uh, or Paul's description of the work. First, it involves a commodity, uh, things, right? Look at verse 2. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. See, it begins with a commodity. The things you've heard from me in the presence of witnesses. Paul, by this, he means the gospel. Or more broadly, the apostolic teaching that that God has charged him to teach, to preach. This is the same body of material that, that, that Timothy had received earlier in chapter 1, verse uh, what 14. Uh, guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in you the treasure which you've which has been entrusted to you, the deposit. This is what he's supposed to be guarding. It's unchanging. And that's what we need to understand in our time today. It's unchanging. The good news is unchanging, yet it's dynamic. and It's dynamic instead of static. It produces life. And it needs to be applied in fresh ways in each generation, but the message cannot be changed. Only the means. I think you all understand that. This is a commodity that needs to be shared and expressed. 
in its wholeness, not a watered-down, cut-up version of the gospel that our world is, is quite popular of today. But the whole teaching, the whole apostolic teaching, the whole New Testament teaching is, is what needs to be applied. Attempts to amend or revise the message of the gospel, the good news, the apostolic teaching, attempts to amend it, well, like, like the ones that Timothy faced, need to be resisted. That's what Timothy had to do then. Why would it be any different for us today? We must resist those as well. God's word is the final word. We have biblical authority. We sit under biblical authority. And, and so that's that's the reason God spoke through specifically chosen servants, his prophets, his apostles. Now his his son Timothy. Who they together form a standard to measure the purity of the message. So today we, we, we look at what we have through the word of God and there's this often this argument about, well, it can't be trusted because uh, it could have been changed throughout the centuries and yeah, yeah, all that stuff. There's plenty of evidence which suggests that what we have today was the intended uh, uh, uh it hasn't been altered. It's it is as it was, and so we hold this together. Paul was a part of the standard, the measuring stick, and what he taught Timothy uh, used that same standard. That same and that standard has been uh, passed down through the generations. Where now we have it written in in in, in Bible form. The second thing Paul's talking about here, uh, Paul envisions a, a a process, I suppose. The same word that's used in one fourteen, where Paul speaks of the good deposit entrusted to Timothy. He, here we learn that guarding the deposit does not mean buying it uh, or burying it somewhere safe. Rather, it means keeping an eye on it to its purity, protecting it from false teachers while it's being communicated and shared. We learn that Timothy, like every other uh, minister and every other believer really, in, in, is a link in the chain of, of redemption. Every minister, every member is a link in the chain of redemption. And every believer has received the gospel as a stewardship. So, so Christian, you've received the gospel, received the gospel as a stewardship, and it carries with it an obligation to pass it on to others. While each believer um, shares this gospel, the gospel can be spread far and wide when when every believer does their duty this part of the task begins at at our house where our children may learn the bible and and have to live according to biblical principles and they're demonstrated by good uh, godly parents that's where it begins and it continues as mature christian friends pass on what they have learned about godly living to friends who are younger in the faith. 
That's why church life is so essential. It's because when we gather together, we build those friendships where we can learn from one another. On top of that, the church through its teachers and preachers. They, they, they can pass the faith from one generation to the next. Continuing this evangelistic mission. You know, I've been encouraged uh, the past couple of weeks. I've, I've looked around in our services at Leesburg. And we have more and more and more young people coming. And what strikes me as interesting is they're not coming for um, uh, an age-specific thing. They're coming to hear our weekend services. It's it's a it's a neat thing that they're not wanting to be catered to. They're 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 a, just part of the church, and they're they're receiving that so well. It's encouraging. I, I, I guess third, I could say this involves faithful people, faithful, reliable people. Look what he says here. Uh, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witness, witnesses and trust leads to faithful men who, who will be able to teach others also. It involves faithful people. The, the, Paul has used the term faithful uh, else, elsewhere to describe himself. And he's used that term faithful to describe Jesus. Uh, the, the term can, can cover the, the, the quality, the idea that's that's missing with the false teachers that they're that he had been talking about. It, it, it's been missing. It, 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 this term can range uh, for meaning for for believing to to trustworthy, reliable, uh, but essentially it's the characteristic that believers have. Um, it's the true mark of the, of the faith in Christ, or a true a true mark. Not the true. It's certainly a quality that's missing, that's lacking in the false teachers. They're not trustworthy because their message is polluted. They couldn't be trusted with the task that Paul has in mind here. What What's needed is for people who are fully dependable, whose commitment to God will carry them uh, the distance, the length of the race. Such teachers, such believers, will be able to accomplish the task of spreading the gospel from generation to generation. But faithful, this this idea of faithful, is what all believers should strive to be. So that, in small or large ways, they can take their place in the chain of redemption. You know, we started off talking about this conference that I was at and how small I began to feel. Looking at spiritual giants, guys who were leading churches of thousands of people. And here I sat in their midst. There's one afternoon where I got to sit at a table, uh, a small group table I was assigned to. 
And I'm sitting with with two ministers who are serving at a church of like 26,000 people. And there's four of us at this table, or five of us. And I'm thinking, holy cow, I don't belong here. I'm just a redneck from Cynthia. But what Paul's saying to Timothy is that there's a, a place along the chain of redemption for each individual. And so whether your place is a teacher in some capacity, that uh, official capacity, maybe a preacher or teacher, as we were all at that table, or maybe you're just listening to this podcast while you're driving to, to work at Toyota. We, we would do well to remember how sacred a trust and how an important task has been assigned to each link within the chain. And you, listener, are a part of that chain. And you know what they say, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. That implies the process that's introduced here. And the Bible's filled with stories of human weakness, human failure. How in the world can this process even hope to succeed? The the solution to our weakness is found in verse 1. We briefly read over it, but focused primarily on verse 2. But let's look at verse 1, which repeats some very important advice to all the links of the chain. Verse 1, you therefore, my son, be strong in what? Not your power, not your not your ability. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Oh man, that's it. That that's it. The grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's what encompasses all that God freely gives us. And all we need to succeed. All those who are in Christ, God has given this this grace. So be strong in this grace. Be strong in the grace. It it means to rely on the strength that comes from the indwelling Holy Spirit. Be strong in the grace. This is strength for living the Christian life. This is strength for taking our place within the ministry. All that God requires of us, He Himself plans to accomplish through us. Because of his grace and the indwelling Holy Spirit. And so as we start this week off, it's my goal to be faithful in, in continuing through Second Timothy. But more so, I want to be strong this week in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Why? Because I am a link in the chain. And I have a task, a responsibility to share this gospel with those around me. So, listener, will you take that same charge? The things which you have heard, Paul says to Timothy, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these things to men who will be able to teach others also. Are you, listener, going to take the week and be aware and alert and perhaps teach others also the gospel of Jesus? Will you be a beacon for him, a lighthouse for him in a dark, dark world? Will you take your spot as a link in the chain? 
There's a, there's a lot of comfort. There's a lot of encouragement from understanding that no matter where you are, whether you're leading a church of 26,000 or 1,000, or you're working a line at Toyota, or you're running your own small business, God has a plan for you, a purpose for you, and that purpose is simple. You've been entrusted with the message to be able to teach others also. So what will we do this week? Starting at home with our families, with our kids, and, sp- and spanning outward. Well, that's where we'll start and stop today. We'll pick up uh, next time on in verse 3. Uh, God bless. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Leesburg Daily.